for tuning in to the New Vision Podcast. Our prayer is that this talk builds your faith, brings clarity, and gives you hope. Enjoy the message. Man, what a great start to today. I'm <clears throat> when as as God moves. I always want to create space for that. And so if, you, if you've been in, in other churches or maybe you haven't been in church and you're like, I'm not sure what just really happened. Um, there are moments we see in Scripture where God's presence shows up, whether it's physical when he was walking around or when the Holy Spirit shows up as we see in the New Testament. And, and he does things in moments that, that we can't do sometimes, like on our own and, and working hard to do things. And so what you experienced were, was a moment of, of freedom and release that was happening down here. And, and, and in those times where it's like, man, only one person is experiencing that, that's crazy. Well, there are some times when you're watching things and you're a part of things and, and you're the only person cheering. Something happened in your world and you're like, oh, look how great this is. And that's what was happening in that moment. So it's not like, ooh, that was... No, 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 like they were experiencing something that was incredible. She was experiencing something that God had just for her today, and he did that. He washed over her. And, and so when you see those moments, it's like, man, we we're going to celebrate with that. We're, we're wanting God to do incredible things for us. So we're going to leave space for the Holy Spirit when he wants to move, when he has something to say to us. And, and so I'm, I, again, man, I'm excited about hearing what God does not just in the moments right now like there were probably people that were healed right here in this place as they were being prayed for and then there's some that like at your next doctor's visit on the way there will be something different or so I'm excited man I let me get to to all of this um it is kickoff Sundays one of my favorite Sundays of the year because um we get to watch the Chiefs game today for the first time of the year like there's always something about the beginning um we get to witness like the start and we get to talk about what happens and some of us are excited about football um you may not be excited about the Chiefs but you're excited that the NFL or the college season um those of you that have kids playing high school football like all of this man it, it begins and I hope that you grab some snacks also like we we have some snacks out there for you I hope that you grab those please on your way out fill your this is the only time that you'll probably hear people say like please take all of the snacks like when you go to people's houses they're hoping that you take one snack like but today is a day you can put them in your pockets you can take them home use them for the game time today um, but some of us are excited about football others of us are really excited about fall like how many of you fall is your favorite season Yep. So see, there's there's some of us that, that are like that. And, and my wife is one of those. Like last night, um, the door was open. I was outside doing some stuff, uh, in and out, taking the dog. And she was like, oh, it feels like October outside. And she was so excited. And I looked at her. I said, hey, babe. I said, the only thing better would be, it was about 6 o'clock. I was like, if it was dark right now, huh? And she was like, oh, it's coming. It's she was so excited about that. And, and so I, I do enjoy how fall kind of settles us in. Like, it, it, it's weird, and, and not weird, like, God knew what he was doing as he created the seasons, but I believe he kind of set us up to, like, slow down, settle in, and we move at a different rhythm, a different pace, and, I mean, anytime I can wear sweatshirts, like, I'm excited about sweater weather and sweatshirt weather, because um, then you can eat a little bit more during the fall and the winter, and people don't see it um, as easily as they do when you're wearing t-shirts, um, and, but those aren't 
the only things that I'm really excited about today and why we have kickoff Sunday. Like, I hope that you stop by the two tables that we have out there for small groups. Because here's what I do believe, that as we walk into this next season, I believe that God has something for our church. And, and as I say that, I'm surprised that no one gave me an amen at all. Like, I believe that God has something new for our church in this next season. Now, that one didn't count, so be looking for the next one. <clears throat> I had to pull that one out of you. And part of that, he, I believe that small groups is an integral part of what God has for our church next. Because it's not just like God has something for the church. God has something for the church. And, and I'm a firm believer of this. And you, you'll hear me and you're like, Pastor, you say this almost every week. Man, with was always God's plan. Like he created us to be with him, with each other. And I believe that most of our life change experiences happen in the context of relationship. You think about the big moments that changed your life. I would be willing to bet sums of money that the majority of those happen with other people involved. Whether they were walking with you, talking with you, those of you that are married, a big life change happened when you committed yourself to another person. Life change happens in the context of relationships. And we get to see what God has in store as we experience these relationships that encourage this relationship to grow even more. And that's what I'm excited to see, what God is going to do in our lives as we connect with each other and as we connect with him. And so if you haven't signed up for a group, make sure you stop by there today. Someone needs to take my spot on the Monday barbecue group. I, I am sad that I do not get to experience barbecue every Monday night. It is by far the best group that is out there. I'm just going to, I don't have, <clears throat> some of you that are leading other groups, I'm sorry. Uh, the barbecue group is best. Like, I mean, you get to go and eat at the best barbecue spots around. Like, that's, what more could you ask for? Oh, Jesus is involved too. Like, look at what you get. You get the food that Jesus is eating right now in heaven and Jesus, like you get both of those together. And it's always Kansas City barbecue. It's no other city's barbecue that is going to be offered in heaven. So you can join in on that group. But there are other groups there. Find your spot. And if you're like, well, Pastor Kevin, I'm not sure because I don't know anyone, you will. Like that's the point. Like jump in on these groups. What God has for you may just be waiting for you on the other side of that pen as you write down your name and as the, the group leaders follow up with you and you show up, like these may be the relationships that change your world. There may be, some of you may be looking for, for new friends, better friends, godly people to do life with. And that's what we're here for. We're not here to just come to church and show up to a service together. We're here to do life together. So be a part of that. That's what I want to see happen. So jump in on groups. And, and as we talk about like God doing things in a new season, I'll, I'll tell you what God's been doing in my own life. As we came out of summer, man, I felt like God was challenging me to change my rhythms for this year, for the rest of this year, like what I'm doing, how I'm doing it. Um, he began to speak to me and, and, and it was kind of weird because like some of what he was asking me to change was just like, man, I've, I've always done my week this way. And now I get to do my week in a completely different way. And here's what, what I believe, the, the more that I'm, I'm spending time with him, I believe that he's asked me to do this in advance of the season that I'm getting ready to walk into. 
And, and as that happens, and, and I'm, gonna, I'm saying this not, not just for me, but for us as a church and for you as individuals, because here's what you're going to learn. And you may have already mastered this. Sometimes I need to be taught it again. That what sustains you in your old season is not meant to carry you in your next season. I mean, you can go back through, just look at the children of Israel. As they came out of the wilderness, manna stopped because the promised land was going to sustain them. Some of us are trying to scoop up manna and carry it into a place where God has already sent you provision ahead of time. And so God has been speaking that to me. And here's what I believe is, as that is true for me, I believe that is true for our church. And God wants to do something in you that is brand new so that he can do something new through you as well. And, and I'll, I'm going to say over our lives together here at New Vision, like you will hear me say that over and over again, so much so that you're going to start saying it to other people more, that God wants to do something in you. So then he can do something through you. And that's why we've been in this series the last couple of weeks called This Is My Story. Because I believe that God is doing something in you. For some of you, he did something in you. You've not told your story to anybody. How dare you keep that from other people? God has done something in you that he expects you to share with the world around you so that he can do something through you. You see, he doesn't want to just make you new so that you can be brand new all by yourself. His goal is to put you on display so that other people can see what he's doing in you and through you. And they can be like, that's what God is like. That's the things that he can do. He can free you from this. He can walk with you through this struggle. This is what he gives you. Man, I want that as well. And so this morning, I want to encourage you once again. My title for today is Turn Your Light On. Let's pray. God, once again, we look to you. We ask that you would speak to us. God, I pray that as we look into your word, that it would do what only it can do. Go and settle into our hearts and our spirits. God, I pray that as I, as I communicate your word to your people, that you would speak something to each and every person, whether it's what I'm saying or what they need to hear. Lord, I, I pray that you would help me to hide behind the cross so that people experience you and, and your power this morning. Lord, I pray that you would help me to communicate clearly and confidently. In Jesus' name, amen. So last week as we started talking about this, I wanted to give you a phrase so that you would remember what we're talking about. And, and I told it to you. I hope you wrote it down. Um, and I'm going to give it to you one more time because as we talk about this is my story, here's what I want you to, to get to. I want you to get to this point that I want my life to be so attractive that people who know me but don't know God will want to know God because they know me. And I'm going to say that again, and I'm going to say it a little bit slower so that you can write it down and so that you can get this to be a part of who you are, that I want my life to be so attractive that people who know me but don't know God will want to know God because they know me. This is what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be living in a way that people see what's going on and they want to know about the God that's inside you. See, sometimes we, we figure out that like once we've been found, that's it. Like we're good. That's not actually the case. You see, once you've been found, you're supposed to join the search committee and help find others. My father-in-law would say it this way, like he just wants to stand at the door. 
And he wants to open the door wide so that people can know the way to go to get to Jesus. He wants to point them to the door. He doesn't want to get so caught up inside that he misses the people that are outside. He wants to stand at the door and hold it open so that others can come in. So don't be content with just being found. That's not what we're supposed to be doing. And this, as I was prepping, like, I began to think of, like, man, what are moments that things were lost that, like, it just kind of overwhelmed me. And I may have told this before. We were at, um, at an Easter event at a park, and, and I was hosting this one part of, of the outreach, and, and one of the security guys came up to me and they said, hey, Pastor Kevin, we want to let you know, like, we can't find your daughter. Great words to hear, right? I don't know what happened to the microphone. It just disappeared from my hand. And I immediately ran to the area that they were doing the, the egg hunt stuff where they were looking for candy. And as people were, were asking, like, man, what's going on? Like, it, it, I didn't care what anyone else said. They either needed to help me look or they needed to get out of my way. Because it was so important that I find my daughter. In that moment, if someone would have tried to stop me and said, well, hey, what, what are you going to eat after this? Like, what are you doing? None of that matters. Like, I was going to eat, but none of that mattered because my daughter was lost. And if someone would have came to me and said, Pastor Kevin, I, I don't know why you're, why you're so, like, been out of shape right now. Like, Jordan's right there. Like, 50% is pretty good. Like, you had to. You still got one. Knowing that I had a child that was found didn't alleviate did not take away the concern for my daughter who was still lost. God is concerned about the lost. It is our job. He loves, he loves us. He's involved in our lives. As we come to know him, he is embracing us. He's pouring into us. And hopefully we catch his heart because his heart is for the lost. Our hearts need to then join in on the search for other lost people. Look at Luke 15. We're not going to go there today or, or read these stories, but there's three stories that Jesus told right in, the row, right in a row about lost things. There was a lost coin, a lost sheep, and a lost son. All reminding us how important, how his heart longs for the lost. And it's okay. It's okay. He's like, well, but, but what about me? Because I'm found. Uh, he loves me too. Let's not forget the fact that I was lost at one point, and he loved me enough to chase me down, and I found who he was, where he was. I gave my life to him, and guess what? I shouldn't be content to just be found. I'm supposed to be used to find others. Actually, God wants to use. This is his plan. He wants to use you and me to reach the lost. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to read a couple of scriptures, and like always, this is one of my favorite scriptures in all of the Bible. Here we go. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. But you are the ones chosen. Look at your neighbor and say, you are chosen. Mm -hmm. Now look at the other one that you didn't say nothing to. Tell them to. You are chosen. But you are the ones chosen by God. Now tell them they're chosen by God. But you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work, to speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. 
Now, I tell you, like, this is one of my favorite verses in Scripture because I spent a good portion of my life being a part of a rap group called Royal Priesthood that was based on 1 Peter 2.9. And, man, this week I just I went back and started listening to some of the music again. Man, that's pretty good. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. But, but I did go back and listen. And, and so I, I want to give you just, just a, a title of a song that will remind you in true royal priesthood form this morning that you are supposed to be sitting in the dark with the light on. That's the goal. Sit in the dark. Have your light on. Turn it on. You are chosen. What's the scripture say? You are chosen. What's the scripture say? You are chosen. This is, this is it. It's on us. It didn't say they are chosen. It's that you are chosen. Each and every one of us are chosen. Not someone else. Not just the guy standing on the stage. Each and every, it's, it's not on me. If it's on me, if it's on the pastors in your world to tell people about Jesus, it will never get done. We cannot, and that's not what Scripture tells us. Scripture says that all of us are chosen to do what? Oh, we're, we're chosen to do priestly work. Why would Peter even say something like that? Well, because back in the Old Testament, we saw there were only a certain number of people that were chosen to be priests. And so you had to go to them. They had to connect you with God. There was only a few. But now Peter is saying as we come to Christ, we all now put in work as priests. It's our role. As Jesus has destroyed the barriers between Jews and Gentiles that anyone can come into relationship to him, guess what? It's our job to now help find people that need to walk over the bridge of Jesus to make their way to him. It's our job now. We are a kingdom of priests. That's who we are. That's what we've been called to do. We're supposed to influence the world with godliness. Not because we are great, but because God's love for us is great. That's why we were chosen. That's why he picked us. And we are chosen to help bridge that gap. So in order to do that, you have to turn your light on. We have a responsibility now. It is up to us. God has no plan B to reveal himself to the world but through his church. He has no other way to reconcile uh, people who don't know him to him. He already sent Jesus. How do we spread the word about Jesus? Oh, that's your job and your job and your job and your job and my job. It's not just me up here each week sharing things. We are supposed to be sharing. We are supposed to declare the differences to the world, the differences of what God has done in our life. And I love the fact that it says in, in other translations that we're supposed to be declaring. Because when you look at that word in Scripture, it actually means we're supposed to be advertising. We're supposed to be putting on display. And I love the song that Lecrae wrote called Tell the World because he says it. He's like, man, I'm going to tell the world I'm a billboard. I'm going to tell the world and let them know. I'm going to broadcast it like a radio. I'm going to tell the world because they ought to know I'm brand new. And that's, that's the key here. What are we telling the world? I'm not telling the world what is wrong with them. I'm telling them what God has made right in me. And that is a key, key portion of this. Because to evangelize isn't just to scream at the top of our lungs that people are going to hell. That's, that's not what scripture tells us to do. It says, no, no, no. We need to tell about how God saved us from hell. This is what he did. He called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. I once was lost, but now if I was on the outside, 
But now I'm on the inside. I'm part of his family. I was lost and I'm found. I want to remind you Jesus' last words. He calls us to do more than what we think. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, right as Jesus is ascending up into heaven, his last words here says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and, and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. What did he do? He, he reminds us that he's given us power, not so that we can lord it over people, not so that we can flex and pose with our new power, not so that we can just be different and not show the world around us. He gave us this power to proclaim who he is in our lives. He gave us power to be witnesses. We've seen, all of us have seen law and order at some point. You hear those gongs, you know what that means. Don't, don't, hey, what's going on? What's the case today? We have been called not to be the judge, not to be the jury, not to be the plaintiff, the, the prosecuting attorney, not even to be the defense. Jesus said that we receive power to get called onto the stand and be a witness of what God has done. That's who we're supposed to be. That's the role that you and I are supposed to play. We get called onto the stand and we tell our story, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. That's what we say. So how, how do we do this? How do we share our story? And so today I'm going to give you three ways that you can do that. Because I don't just want to tell you stuff and then not give you something to, to take with you that will hopefully help you and encourage you. So the first thing, I'm going to give you three easy ways. If you want to tie it into football, I'm going to give you three plays that you can run that will score touchdowns. I don't know if they'll score every time, but eventually we'll get into the end zone. The first one is this, share your hope. Share our hope. Pastor Kevin, what do you, what do you mean? Well, here's the thing. We all live in the same world. We talked about this last week. We all lived in the same world. We go through the same things. We're all experiencing pains at different points where it's like, man, it, no one wanted to go anywhere when gas prices were so stinking high. We all were feeling that. Inflation is arising. We feel like other people are, are, are not taking care of us at work, like our, our jobs are getting cut or all these different things. We're all going through the same things, but we are supposed to be reacting differently to those things, that that's what's supposed to catch people and be like, man, that's, that's different. What, what's going on? John Maxwell has this line that, that you can use. I called him and he said, we can all use it. Um, John, John Maxwell says this, as, as people are noticing things different about you, you could just tell them, man, I, I wish you had my peace. I, I, wish, I wish you had my peace that comes from knowing Jesus. And then you get to share with them what he's done in your world. And, and this is what 1 Peter 3 tells us, that we are to always, in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for your what? For the hope that you have. Share your hope. Give them the answer. Not to all the questions that they may ask you. Don't worry about the questions that they have. Share your hope. Share what God has done for you. And some of you need to start thinking about what you would say right now. If someone asks you, why do you follow Jesus? Some of us have never really thought about that in a way that we could share with someone while we're getting coffee at work. While we're standing in line at Target. We, we need to be able to process through that because we're, we're so worried about the questions that they'll ask that we haven't even really thought about giving them the answer for the hope that we have. What's God done? What, look, when people ask you the tough questions and the hard questions, that's okay. Sometimes that can lead to you having more conversations. Man, I'm not sure, Taylor. You asked a great question. 
I'm going to have to get back to you. Then I'm going to get to have another conversation about Jesus. Or you can turn it like this. Man, that's a great question. I don't know the answer to that. But here's what I do know about God. Here's what he has done in my life. This is the story that I have to tell. Think about in John chapter 9, Jesus heals a man born blind. And people are going crazy. They don't, they don't believe that this was the right man. They're, they're questioning the healing. Like, what happened? Who did this? How did it happen? They put him on the stand. And they're not celebrating. They're investigating all this stuff. And eventually the man's like, dude, you're asking all these questions. I don't know whether he was a sinner. I don't know anything about this man. Here's what I know. I was blind. And now I see. One thing I know, don't get caught up in, in being afraid of all the unanswered questions that someone may or may not ask. Just share with him that one thing. Man, I was lost, and now I'm found. This is who I was, and now I'm not anymore. So you can frame this in three different ways. I'm give them to you real quickly. Start with, what, why did you need Jesus? Who were you before you met him? What made you realize that you needed to come to Christ? Who were you? What was your life like? What was your attitude like? What were the things that you were involved in? I shared with you my story last week when I realized that I needed to give my life to Jesus. When all the stuff that was happening, there was a crazy weekend of partying, a fight, gunshots. And I was like, I'm out. Like, this is not what I want to live or die for. And in that moment was the realization of like, this is not it at all. Like, all right, Jesus, what do you have for me? So start with that. When was the moment that you realized, man, this isn't what life's supposed to be? Begin to share there. And then you can tell them, how did you give your life to Jesus? What did that look like? You see, some people have no idea what that looks like. We take it for granted sitting in a space like this. Some people think that you've got to join a church. Um, other people may think, like, you have to do these four things, and then Jesus will take you. Well, you know what? i got to get better. i got to work on me. And when I get better and cleaned up, then I can go and see Jesus, and he can, he can accept me then. And that's not how it works at all. I went to a church service with my cousin, and he's like, hey, let's, let's pray. I couldn't tell you the words that I prayed other than I know that in those moments I asked Jesus to just be in my heart to be in my life, to take control. I was a sinner. I didn't need him. I, I didn't want the life that I had anymore. I wanted the life that he would offer me. And so in that moment, relationship began. Knowing him, not about him, not reading about him, not hearing stories about him, not being good enough, not sending positive vibes into the world. None of that stuff brought me to him. It was the, the realization that I needed him and asking for a relationship to begin. And then... You go into the third part, what difference has it made? You give your life to Jesus, tell them the difference. Who are you now? Some people have no idea because of the transformational power that Jesus has worked in your life. They would not look at you and know who you were. Don't let the enemy shame you into you can't tell that. You better tell that with pride. Let me show you how strong my God is. Let me show you the heart transformation that was made. You know what? Earlier today, this happened, and I used to react like this. But today, this is who I am. Man, tell them who you were. So go with that. And this will change. The, the longer you walk with Jesus, that will continue to change. You will grow, just like every other relationship in your life. The second thing, share church. We're going to share our hope. We're going to share our church. We work really hard to make church a place that you can bring people to and not worry about, is this a good Sunday? I'm not sure about today. We work really hard so that every Sunday is a day that they could encounter Jesus. We pray every single day. 
every single day we pray for people to come to know Jesus. On Saturdays, we cover this place in prayer, praying for God to do something incredible here. We do this so that you will feel comfortable inviting people in. And, and you know what? It's, it's kind of wild because about church, like, I'm encouraging you to share church, but we don't need encouragement any other place in our life. When we like something, we share it with the world around us. Your favorite places, your favorite teams, your favorite things. Like, if I like something, I want other people to enjoy the things that I like. So I'm going to offer to get that for them. I'm going to let them try out whatever it is that I have. Like, I want them to be on board with me. Why? Because I've had something good. I've had a good experience. I had great service. I had great food. And I want to share that with those around me. Do that here. But here's how it starts. So we're going to share our church by beginning with prayer. Praying for people. That's why we have reach cards. That's, that's why part of who we are is reach, restore, release. So as a part of the reaching process, you need to begin to pray for people that you want to invite to church, that you want to have opportunity to share your story with and share your faith with. There are reach cards all throughout the, the lobbies at different places that you can grab. You write three names down, you commit to praying for them every day. And when they come to Jesus, you take another card and you write three more names down. And we do it over and over and over again because we want people to come to know Jesus. But it starts with prayer. The second thing, we look for ways to add value to them. What does that mean? Find ways that you can jump into their world. Like, don't just make it all about you. Come to my church. Do my thing. No, no, no. Step into their world. Add value to what they're doing. It's why we go to schools when they have back-to-school events and just show up. It's not our event. We don't benefit from it, but we benefit from being a part of the community and loving on people. It's why we provide uniforms at Velvet or at uh, Conwest Elementary. It's why we do laundry love so that we can go and show up where people are and add value to them and show them that we love them and we care for them. It's not about you walking through the doors. It's about Jesus loving you. He wants to reach those that that are lost with the hope of Jesus Christ. So let's look to ways to add value to the people that we want to show up through church. And then we invite them. We look for moments where we can invite them in. We talked last week about God lining up some intersections. We need to be paying attention for those moments so that we can share our story and invite them to church. There are going to be some days like Easter and Christmas, no-brainers, easy ones. Do it. Invite them in. But then there will be other days that it just lines up, and you have no idea what, what we're talking about, what series we're in. I, I bet that it wouldn't matter. I bet that could become your favorite Sunday if they show up that day and are sitting next to you in church. And we craft each and every week so that they can hear the gospel. want people to know who Jesus is. The last thing that I'm going to encourage you to do, so we've got share your hope, share your church, and share the gospel. Oh, Pastor Kevin, wait a minute. That's your job. Mm, well, actually, it's kind of all our jobs. There will be people. You know them. Some of them you haven't met yet. Some of them you do know. That no matter what you do, you could pay them money. They will not walk through the doors of our church. Before they know Jesus, they have no desire to be in his house. Some of them may never have been to church. Some of them may have had a bad experience, and you're not going to get them back through the doors, which is why it's important that we go to them. Remember when I said you owed me an amen from before? That would have been the time that you jumped in. <clears throat> but I get it. Man, Pastor Kevin, if I got to go to them... That's tough. How do I do that? What do I say? How do I, how do I bring it up? It's always awkward. Well, 
look, I'm going to help you with that. I'm going to give you a couple ways that you can frame the gospel so that it can just be quick talking points. Because the power of the gospel is the gospel. As you, as you toss it out there, let God do his thing. It's not your job to save people. It's his job to do that. We just toss out the seed. Let's let it take root somewhere. That's how people worked on me. That's how it happened for some of you. So let's just spread it. Let's just go. So let, let me help you with this. Um, because when it comes to sharing Jesus, when it comes to sharing the gospel, um, I want to give you just a, an easy way to think about it. First, you can just relate to them. There is a problem. For some of you who are old enough to, to know the phrase, Houston, we have a problem, we do. We all have a problem. It's not a problem that they have. It's a problem that we all share. And it's found in Romans 3.23. All have sinned. We fall short of God's glorious standard. Every single one of us. We all share in this problem of sin. It's something that, that when it shows up in our worlds, it separates us from God. It creates space between us and him. And the hard part about that is we feel like we should be able to undo what we did. We should be able to be good and act right and get our stuff together and maybe be nicer to people. And we do all of these things thinking that we can get rid of sin by some kind of thing that we can do. The problem with that thought is found in Romans 6, 23. It says that the wages of sin is death. And I'm glad that's not where the verse ends. Because it also says, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, when sin shows up, the payment for sin is always death. That's the wage that you get. You commit it, this is what you earn. When I committed sin, that was what my payment was going to be. That is what I earned. The problem of sin is I can never do enough things to tip the scales in my favor. It's not like that at all. The payment was death, and that's when the problem gets a solution. Is that's when Jesus said, you know what, I, I got it. They, they owe that, I'll pay that. I'll take care of that. That's when the solution shows up. Um, Romans 5, 8 says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. This is one of my favorite scriptures because before I realized I needed him, before I thought, you know what, I need something different, something, but I need a way to get to God. I, before I realized how messed up I was, before I recognized who God was, when I was an enemy, when I was on the outside telling him he was no good, that there was no God, even then he made the decision to take care of my sin by paying for me. I want you to, maybe, maybe this will help you a little bit. Imagine that you're at a restaurant. And you're going in, appetizers, you ordered a couple of them, you ordered a great main course, and you don't normally order dessert, but they had your favorite one on the menu, and you order it. And then as, as everyone's finishing up, you're starting to think, you know the waiter's going to come and they're going to say, all right, is this all together or are we separating the bills? And you start calculating the bill. And when the waiter comes over, he doesn't ask how the bill's going to get taken care of. He just says, hey, I just want you to know someone took care of it today. And that feeling that you get when you realize, whoa, like, man, I, I ordered it. I ate all of that. But someone else paid for it. That pales in comparison 
but it gives us a, a, a sense of, of framing it. Man, we committed these sins. We deserved death. We deserved to be separated from God. But Jesus said, not on my watch. Let me show up. I'll take care of the bill. You can put it all on me. Jesus took his sinless life and he gave it for sinful people. And then the solution was made. Jesus tells us in John 14, you want to get to, you want to, get to God? It's right here. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Acts chapter 4 reminds us that there's no name given under heaven whereby we can be saved. It's all about Jesus. And as you get to share about the problem and the solution, there will be moments when you are sharing the gospel that people say, well, well what do I do? What do I do now that you've, you've opened my eyes and the Holy Spirit is moving and now it gets to the response? And here's what Romans 10 says. It says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. It is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. You say it and believe it. You say it. And believe it. That's the response. We try to make it complicated. You can look at the thief on the cross and uncomplicate it really quickly. The first person to walk into heaven because of the sacrifice that Jesus made didn't say a sinner's prayer. He didn't say all the things that we make about. He didn't, he didn't get his life together. He never read the Bible. He never went to church. He just said something and believed it. And there was something powerful in what he said and how he believed it. Because Jesus looked at him and didn't say, you got it wrong. You get what you deserve. He said, actually, you're going to join me today in paradise. Say it. Believe it. And here's what happens. When we do this, when we, when we give our hearts to Jesus, it says this in, in John chapter 1. To all who believe and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God, as we believe, as we open up our hearts to him, as we take this gift that he's given us and we accept it and we open ourselves up to him, he opens up his family for us. He welcomes us back home, the place where we should have been all along. That's what he does. We are invited and welcomed in. No strings attached. He's not even going to ask you where you've been, what you've done. He's just going to embrace you and welcome you back home. Pastor Kevin, how do I know that this is happening? How do, how do I know when the right time to respond is? What will people be, be experiencing? It's the very thing that some of you are experiencing right now. That today, as I've been sharing about the problem and the solution, some of you, you feel different on the inside. Like there's this kind of tug at your heart. Or, or it may feel like, like there's almost this knocking that we find in Revelation 3 where, where Jesus says, hey, I'm standing at the door of your heart and I'm just knocking. And if you would just open up, relationship can begin. There's something that I have for you. He could can, he can kick down the door. He could bust his way through, but that's not what he's doing. He's just knocking gently. For some of you, you hear him whispering your name right now just asking for a chance. You feel this uneasiness inside. That's him. He's right there. Just, hey, I got hope for you. I have a new life for you. I have something different for you. If you would just open up, it can all be different. Would you close your eyes with me? 
I wonder if you would be brave enough to respond to God knocking on the door of your heart. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Kevin, man, that's, that's me. I, 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 feel, I feel it today, man. I, it, he's knocking and, and I want to open up my heart and my life to him. Would you shoot your hand up to me and make eye contact with me and say, man, that's me, Pastor Kevin. I want to give my life to Jesus. Who else? Who else is here in this place to say, man, that's me. I need to open my heart to Jesus today. I see that. Is there someone else? I see that. I see the best decision you ever make is right here in this place. Is there anyone else? Say, Pastor Kevin, man, that is me. I want to give my life to Jesus today. I see that. Come on. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? This is, this is it. This is your moment. Respond to what he's doing. Would everyone stand with me in the building? Just stand. We're, we're going to pray together. And I believe that as we pray together, that those of you who raised your hand and those that should have, as you say it and believe it, today you will meet Jesus. So would you repeat after me and say, Jesus, I need you. Today I give you my life. I give you all of me. All my sin, all my shame, it's all yours. Thank you for dying for my sin. And thank you for giving me new life today. I'll be who you want me to be. So give me a new heart. Give me a new mind. I'll follow you for the rest of my days. I give it all to you. In Jesus' name, amen. prayers that this message impacted you. Please share your story and partner with us financially at newvisiongrandview.com.